0: analog spectrum now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum what might be right for you may not be right for some whatever the hell that means uh, this is analog spectrum this is tony i'm spectrum here with
1: Doug. of the analog analogs and stuff Maybe we got to talk about one day what this name actually means. I don't know. It's a great name. I'm used to it now. Let's let's figure out what it means and then we'll talk about it. Okay.
0: Okay, that's a yeah. podcast. It's going to yeah. happen
1: because uh, <laughs> clearly,
0: when you hear the podcast for today, you're going to realize we're running out of fucking ideas. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: we got plenty of ideas. <laughs> we're just sometimes too lazy to actually do them.
0: That's true. Well, this this whole this the last podcast, the Tarantino podcast, actually the hodgepodge, and this one. Did take some research, I think, for both yeah.
1: of us. Yeah, yes. this one did take some research, and uh, i be honest with you, I kind of half-assed it a little bit. Same. Uh Lots of cutting and pasting, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll,
0: we're we'll gonna go down that goes. path. Yeah. So, and just to explain to what we're talking about to everybody, uh, we're we're doing a "Where are they now?"
1: Yeah, whatever happened to or where are they now? Or exactly? Do you, do you remember? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of them is John Wayne. Uh, John Wayne. He's dead. Yeah. What would John Wayne be doing if he's alive today? Beaten on the inside of his coffin. That's right. <laughs> Let me out. Claustrophobic. <laughs> it smells in here. Let <laughs> to get in here. So, because uh, <laughs> ah, we, okay. we, we just got done talking about uh, about Kill Bill. So yeah, well, there you go. But uh, so you pick three. I pick three. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just name them as we go? We don't need to get get. Okay. It to so down. yeah. Let
1: me let me ask you this: How did you pick your three? What what did you have criteria or did you just randomly pick people?
0: I, I definitely wanted to pick people that I was, that I, I, I was familiar with that uh, probably from the eighties, early nineties. Cause that was a time when I was probably more, you know, uh, more engaged in like new movies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Actors or actresses that I, and I, and I chose all actors or actresses or female actors, whatever the hell we're calling them nowadays. Uh, and and I, and people that I was like, Hey, I really enjoyed your movies. I thought you were on a path of stardom and you just, you just, uh, Disappeared. Disappeared. Right. But this this started off, I think, at my house a couple of
1: weeks ago. Tony and his wife were over, and we were hanging out, and uh, I had on Yacht Rock. Yep. The Yacht Rock Station, and uh, <laughs> the the theme song for Arthur came on. Yes. And we were like, Hell oh, yeah, Arthur! Oh, yeah. Hey I man, whatever happened to Dudley Moore? Anyways. And then that's well, oh, podcast idea.
0: I mean, so that's there it is, thing. and I think uh, it's a good one. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> let's go ahead and start with Dudley Moore. He's he's. uh Oh well, let me let, before, let me before you get too far. Well, let's go ahead and start with Dudley Moore. I was going to say, I am. I think that was like the the one I'm really the most curious about. So Dudley Moore, we're going to start with him. Go for well. What I mean by that, maybe you want to hold that.
1: No, no, I'm not. I'm not playing that game. Ah, that's, a click, a, that's a clickbait game. I'm not doing it. Shut i'm honest with up. our audience it's a clickbait
0: game <laughs> i'm honest with our audience i want to give them what they want <laughs> guys doug doesn't play clickbait games he doesn't
1: yeah. Yeah. Doug one is at the top of my piece, piece of paper so i'm going to start with him dope. otherwise i'm going to get lost but anyway no. I, so, my
0: <laughs> one that i'm going to talk about last is the one i find the most interesting go ahead okay okay clickbaiter uh Dudley Moore, yeah. So,
1: uh, oh, master English master, by the yeah, way, click, click, master. <laughs> click <later>. uh, <laughs> I can see his, I can see a Saturday night lives is... get in there. Anyway, so, yeah, so Dudley Moore, yeah, English dude, English dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and he became a choir, he joined the choir at the age of six. So, he's uh, been a music guy his whole life. Uh, and then by the time he hit 11, he got a scholarship uh, to the Guildhall School of Music in England. Okay. Uh, and he took up harpsichord, organ, and violin, and music theory and composition. So uh, he very quickly kind of developed into a really talented piano player and an organ player. Um, and because of that, and he was obviously, this is going through in, in this country what would be called junior high and high school. Uh, but because of that, um, he got a scholarship. To uh, the what is the what do they call this? Magdalen College in Oxford. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell that is, but I'm sure there's some music lovers out there. That, oh my God, I didn't know he went to that. Anyway, so yeah, so he got a scholarship uh, to Oxford. Um, when he's in university, uh, he started getting into jazz. Uh, this was in the early 60s, and uh, so he became a accomplished jazz pianist and composer which totally reminds me of a joke, but I'm not going to tell. So his first kind of foray into into the theater and the arts on a a public uh, scale was, uh, he was on a stage production of a thing called Beyond the Fringe, which is very English. Uh, And it was, there was four of them and it was like a satire kind of a a deal. Um, Got kind of a lukewarm kind of a, kind of a audience response. Um but one of the guys that he was in there um, he was in there with uh, was named Peter Cook, and he ended up hooking up with Peter Cook later on uh where uh, they got um invited by the BBC to do a comedy partnership and then uh so they kind of they kind of spiraled that for the rest of their careers together they they stayed in touch and uh, their relationship got kind of weird. Uh, later on, they started to not like each other much, but they kept going uh, professionally. They kept working together, and they did this a skit. Uh, that I thought was pretty funny. That, um, what's he do? I forgot what they call it, even. I, I, I didn't copy and paste that particular part of it, but um, Dudley Moore played a guy with one leg mm-hmm. and he was applying for a, a, a gig like as a football player or something, a soccer player, something like that. And it was like a you know. It's almost Monty Python-ish
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of a deal. But anyway, he, he became somewhat famous for that. Uh, and again, he got into – he was always a musician, and he formed, uh, he formed a group called the Dudley Moore Trio, and they released several records. Uh, then in the 70s, he moved to Hollywood, and he was in a movie with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase called Foul Play. I mm-hmm. think I'd seen that, but uh, yeah, mediocre. It was, it was kind of okay. Mm-hmm. but uh, Blake Edwards made 10 with him in it. And that was his, really his breakout role in 10 mm-hmm. with um, what's her face, Bo Derek. Yep. Never did understand the attraction. I mean, she was, she was, oh, you yes. know, was a pretty girl. Yeah. But I didn't like the dreadlock thing when she was, you know, they had her hair, like wasn't yep. even dreadlocks. Was it, it was just like, uh, what do you call them, braids. it? Braids? Cornrows. Like braid cornrows. Yeah. Yep. it's just, no, it never was attractive to me. But anyway, beside the point, um, and that was uh one of the biggest box office hits in of 1979. That was a mm-hmm. that was a big movie and huge. Um uh, yeah. So uh after that he did a he did one called Holy Moses which wasn't very popular. Uh, and then of course in 81 uh, he he was Arthur. He, he played Arthur which if you haven't seen that movie Arthur it was great. And he plays a a millionaire who's a lush and uh he's just funny like his he got this infectious laugh throughout the whole movie. It was it was pretty good. Um and that star also starred uh, Liza Minnelli uh and John Gilead. Uh it was huge success commercially and critically and he even got nominated uh for an Oscar for that. Did you know that? For Best Actor. No, I didn't know that. that yeah. But he didn't win. He lost out to Henry Fonda for on Golden Pond.
0: Oh gosh. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Henry Fonda. Uh, but yeah, and Golden Pond won all kinds of awards. I think that year. So uh, anyway, so he did he did a dozen or so movies after that, including uh, Arthur Arthur II, uh, which was not successful. Uh, most of the rest of his films and stuff were were not not very successful. But he did um, he did hook up with a guy named Tony Bill, who uh, he was famous for a couple of other movies. They connected and they they put up a restaurant in 1983. Uh, called 72 Market Street Oyster Bar and Grill it was down in Venice, and um, um, and it closed in 2000. So that thing had a pretty good run, man. It's 17 years or something. It was, it was a pretty good run. Um, but then uh, he had to go to the hospital in '97, and um, they told him that he had calcium deposits uh, in the. Hold on, you're gonna have to help me with this, doctor. Basil ganglia. 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 Basal ganglia on yep. his brain. It's irreversible oh. frontal lobe damage. Okay. Are you familiar with this?
0: I, I uh, no. I it may it may have a different name, but I know I know what the basal ganglia is. I know what calcium deposits are. I might look okay. it up while you're talking and see if there's a if there's a. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, anyways, apparently it's irreversible frontal lobe damage. Yep. And uh, and then he went that was one thing. Uh, and then in, uh, in September, that same year he had quadruple coronary bypass. I'm also familiar with that. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. So he had some, he had some issues, but he ended up, um, living with, um, one of the actresses that, that he was, um, working with. And, uh, he ended up kind of being a leech, he
0: lived in this woman. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you who she is. Also, real quick, it's uh the medical term for that is progressive supernuclear palsy is what he had. So oh, okay. and not familiar with it. Okay? okay. That's uh I'm not familiar with that at all. Okay.
1: Um but yeah so he ended up um uh, I believe oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean dogs are fighting uh he ended up living uh with with Susan Anton for a long time no way uh, and her husband he was like a he's like a roomie or something for a long time, but um he had married a couple of times and uh, he married some woman named Nicole Rothschild right. and uh actually on his on his deathbed mm-hmm. uh prohibited her from coming to his funeral, which I thought was a really? little spiky. Yeah, but uh, oh. the rest of the rest of his wives, um, over the course of the time uh he was cool with so but anyway, yeah, so he died uh, in uh, March 27th, 2020. Oh, sorry, 2002. Mm-hmm. Wow. As a result of pneumonia, which is often the case with some of these problematic diseases.
0: Yeah. So, I tell you, yeah. The thing about Dudley Moore is, uh, is he after ten? I do remember he kind of became like the it comedian in the mm-hmm. late seventies, early eighties. If anybody's not familiar with Dudley Moore, 10s, I, I don't know. I, I was Blake Edwards made a lot of movies back then. Oh. Uh, he, you know, uh, he made the Pink Panther, or he made yeah. a, a few of the Pink Panther movies, which were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but then author author definitely launched him uh, while yeah, they that, that knocked
1: it out of the park. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the Peter Cook thing. One of my favorite uh, I still joke around about this. One of my favorite routines they did. You mentioned the the one legged soccer player, but they did another one called the frog and the peach. Do you remember that one? Uh-huh.
1: Mm, I don't remember it, but I've heard of it.
0: Yeah. So the frog and the peach, they're like one of them is like a uh, food critic or they're talking about the opening of a restaurant and the restaurant only has uh, uh, two. Uh, Two uh, uh, meals or what? Two, two whatever you call it, two course. dishes. Yeah, two dishes. Yeah, and one is a basically like flambe of frog, and it's got a peach shoved in its mouth. Mm. And the other thing is a peach, and when you cut it open, it's filled with tadpoles. <laughs> That's funny. So very Monty Python esque. And also, yeah, yeah, they, they did nice. the movie in the '60s called Bedazzled, which was a uh, which was remade. Uh, a movie we need to add uh to our to our uh viewing collection i remember seeing that as a kid and uh it's a and it was remade uh but it was excellent so very interesting i didn't know that he was dead and i didn't know that he died of uh, of a uh, of that condition that's crazy you know we, we were the even that i found are good oh i was just saying that that we, when we started talking about Dudley moore uh, i didn't think he was gone I didn't, and he's been yeah, gone for, I didn't for, for over 20 years yeah no i didn't know i didn't know that either yeah. yeah.
1: The thing that I found most interesting and and what really comes through on his on his uh, history is that um although he was famous uh-huh. uh for being in film he was actually a musician. He he was that was just true love um and uh, a very accomplished musician nonetheless. So yeah, he's got, got a, a keyboard, jazz uh, yeah, piano, organ, all that stuff. Wow, his uh, um, jazz discography is is big, if not bigger, than his filmography. So,
0: wow, yeah. And yeah. and I'm sitting here looking at like the uh, the, I'm sitting here looking at his internet movie database as you're as you're as you're talking, and it's amazing how many of these movies he did a sequel to Author. Oh, there you go,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's Author, too.
0: Yeah, that's that's sad. Uh, mm. but uh, but yeah, he did he did a you know, he was pretty a lot of these movies were big time. Like, I remember Holy Moses. I remember that. So, yeah, the whole concept behind Holy Moses was uh, he was uh, like, uh, like Moses's brother who, who, you know, he was like always in Moses's shadow. It was funny, you know, Mm -hmm. for the time. It was interesting. Uh, But, uh, but, well, you know, again, if you, you know, I don't know that you and I have ever talked
1: about this, but if you look at the number of movies that, that were, have been made versus the number of successful movies, it's astronomical. I mean, so, Most people uh, that are actors, and you look up their 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 um, filmography, Mm -hmm. most movies were not good. You know what I mean? Like most of the ones. There's a few exceptions. You know, Tom Cruise has been in pretty much almost all of his movies were at least box office successes. You know, right? Uh, And there's a couple others, the Harrison Ford's of the world. But most
0: actors, man, it's there's a lot, a lot of grind. Um, But anyway. I mean we, we talk about what goes into making a movie and and uh, and my frustration with Hollywood uh, and as an actor, you know I'm sure there's do do you even have the ability to turn down a script, you know right right but, uh, but yeah, so that's interesting. that is actually very cool. yeah, uh, yeah I, and uh, it makes me sad, you know i yeah. I, I, I kind of want to go back and and uh, and rewatch author. I you know I gotta be very honest with you. I do not think I've seen it all the way through.
1: Yeah, uh, that was I loved that movie, uh, and it's why when you had mentioned that, I thought hell yeah, man, I'll do Diddly more because I, I I just thought he was just so natural in that film. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know if he if he drank a shit then or not, but he played that off really well in the movie. But yeah. Um, but yeah, right. just his personality was great, and the message in the film was positive. And yeah, yeah. So anyway.
0: Yeah. And nowadays, yes. I don't think you could make a, and it had Liza Minelli in it. She was. <laughs> yeah. No. Great. Exactly. Yeah, so. Uh, all right. So, I'm up. I'm going to, okay. So Who you got? I got, okay. Number one, I got Emilio Estevez. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And truthfully, like I said, mine, mine probably are not, uh, you know, as, as kind of, you know, because he's still around, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if anybody doesn't know, he's, he's Martin Sheen's son. Uh, he's also Charlie Sheen's brother. Uh, so, so, you know, nepotism in Hollywood. He kind of, you know, the, you know, the thing about, uh, people like Emilio Estevez, and again, kind of why I picked him uh, was uh, was he was a, a big '80s, you know, star. You know, and, he was, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, you know, the things I remembered him for were uh, were uh, Young Guns, right? He was yeah,
1: Young Guns, of course.
0: You know, and when I go back and actually look at his internet, internet movie database, he he doesn't really have uh, a lot on here compared to other people. He's only got forty seven acting credits, which okay. is not a whole lot, but. But uh, but, you know, he did uh, his first movie uh, that kind of kind of set him off was uh, uh, was let me see here. Uh, He did. uh, Oh, shit. Oh yes, he was in uh, The Outsider. Play? What's that? No, The Outsiders. Oh, The Outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. So he played a, a, a tough kid in that, didn't he? Yeah. They all. That was the whole thing about that movie. Yeah, he played a kid, yeah. a kid named Two Bit Matthews, uh, but <laughs> he was he wasn't the star. Uh, and then he did. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, he was in Repo Man, uh, which was kind of a, uh, a independent film uh, that that came out in nineteen eighty four, but the breakout role that i'm probably most familiar uh with him is he was in the breakfast club mm-hmm. i played the jock in the breakfast club and if you haven't right. seen the breakfast club
1: oh, uh, that was a great movie.
0: oh amazing yeah. and uh you know he, he had a, i think he had kind of a bit part in uh, saint elmo's fire but he was part of the uh, the brack the the, the, the bat uh, pack what, yeah what did they call them they didn't call they didn't come the brat
1: pack what they call them they call them something no they were the brat pack Weren't they? Yeah, that's right. They were the Brat Pack, and and um, Sinatra and those guys were the Rat Pack. That's right. I knew there yes. was a spin off of that. Yeah. Yes, okay.
0: exactly, exactly. But anyway, he ended up doing Young Guns. Young Guns came out in nineteen eighty eight, where he played Billy the Kid. They did a sequel to Young Guns, and make you uh, famous. huh? <laughs> Yoo hoo! I'll make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that that was a, a the, great movie. Movies. I love that. But movie. It was a great movie. Young Guns was a great movie, and uh, he was great in it. He was really yeah, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. uh, So just so you know, he was uh, born on May 12th. He's currently 60 years old. So he's a little bit older than us. Uh, He's dead. He's dead. (laughs) Well, it's so did you know he was once married to Paula Abdul? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. He was once married to Paula Abdul. Street cred, buddy. Yeah. And and probably where he uh, he kind of uh, did like his final, like, like leaning into acting was he did the Mighty Ducks movies, which I never remember that. Yeah. You do or not? You don't.
1: Uh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah,
0: and yeah, uh, yeah. I will say this:
1: obviously, those were kids' movies, but they were very popular. I yes, mean, they were. I thought he did a great job. Oh, you've seen them? You've seen them? Yeah, I've seen the first one. I didn't see all of. Them. I know there was multiple sequels, but I've never. Uh, seen I it. did see the first one. It was great, man. It's a, was it really? A, yeah, it's a youth kids fun.
0: You know, it's no there's no consequence to it or whatever. But really, you know, oh, that's very them. cool. Yeah, because yeah. I because again, I, I've never seen them. You know, so uh, I'll make you watch Bedazzled, and you make me watch Mighty Ducks. Done, Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So uh, uh, there's that. And then he just basically kind of fell off. But I, but he just he's just one of these individuals that made the decision that he would like to spend more time uh, behind the camera, camera uh, producing, and and so forth. So, so uh, he's not. There's no 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 real tragedy, nothing like that. He did do a, no. a movie with his father called The Way in 2010. Uh, you know, and and just to let you know, he's currently working on Young Guns Three. It's actually not called Young oh, no, Guns sure. it's called Guns Three because they're not young anymore. Oh yeah, old he, guns. <laughs> yeah, so so he's he's uh re uh you know whatever, whatever we call it, redoing his uh, or he's going to play Billy the Kid again. So oh wow
1: yeah so I don't know right. that'd be cool. I, I'm looking forward to that because I always like the legend and the lore around Billy the Kid, and uh, and I thought his rendition of Billy Kid was great. Yeah, Um yeah. So, but at the end of Young Guns 2, they they blast out of that building like uh like Sundance and uh, don't they? Should have fired him, bro. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, so, no. I think I think I'm mixing it up with Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Yeah, but it definitely I definitely have Butch it Cassidy. It yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah,
0: yeah. So he's so uh so yeah in, in 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 this Guns it's called Guns Three. Uh, Christian Slater and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips are Phillips are involved. So. Cool. He's that's had.
1: A, that's a guy, that's a guy who's had like an ongoing career. Loon Diamond Phillips, he's converted over to TV and he's done a lot of stuff. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how these people will, again, will kind of reinvigorate their career. I do like Christian Slater too. So, I mean, he's yeah, same. He's never completely faded out, but again, <laughs> uh, nothing super exciting with Emilio Estevez. He's still around. He just does, he, he does a lot of production and, uh, and I think he does, he just did, he, mm-hmm. he, he's made enough money. So where, you know, he can, he can kind of pick and choose well, what he does. There was a uh, uh, Mighty Ducks TV show. He does show up in the credits, but I I, I don't know if it was just cameos or what. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, a producer or something. Yeah. No, no, he acted in it. He was in it. Oh, okay. okay. Could have been flashbacks. Could have been anything. Uh, but, yeah, sure, sure. But I'm not going to wade into that. I haven't even yeah. seen the movies, and it's on Disney Plus, so right. I'm going to take a hard pass. Yes. <laughs> I did kind of look, at. Okay. was kind of like, what is? We'll just going? go ahead and bypass that conversation. Dude, I started typing on the keyboard. Uh, what does Emilio Estevez play in uh, Mighty Ducks? And I was like, ah, fuck it. And I just stopped typing. Like, I don't care. I don't care what he does in it. It's not a big deal. I'm looking forward to Guns 3.
1: Yeah, Guns Come 3. On Emilio. I really like it. It's I'm curious to see how they. I'm curious to see how they deal with the fact uh, that you know somehow he's going to have not been killed because because oh. apparently Pat. Um, uh the sheriff. I don't Can you hear all this shit in the background? No, cut it out, dogs. There's two dogs fun. They have to go. Okay, yeah. So I, you know, I, I've always liked Amelia Estevez. really have. So I thought it was good. But um yeah. How about um
0: how about Mike Myers? What are we having to Mike Myers? Oh, I don't know. Well, I was gonna say real quick before we get on yours, Mike Myers. I was gonna say Charlie Sheen, bucket of crazy, Amelia Estevez, Not so much. Not so much, yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead.
1: Uh yeah, Mike Myers. I don't know. Yeah, Mike Myers. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing is the, the one of the reasons I picked him is because during his heyday, I mean you couldn't you couldn't open a newspaper or turn on the TV without seeing that guy. He was, Dude, he was everywhere, a, man. He was the man. Yeah, so he started his whole thing with with Dana Carvey uh, from Saturday Night Live when they adapted right. uh, well, the the stuff and turned it into Aang's World. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, that was excellent. Right, <laughs> I like <laughs> it. Wange, you you know, great. Yeah, Both was good. Both yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were both really good. You know that whole scene in the car where they're doing the Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. Um, and of course that that the the way those two played off each other. Dana Carvey totally steals it every time because he's yeah. he's awesome. But uh, but yeah, Mike Myers was strong on his own for sure. Yes. Um, and then uh, yeah, of course Wayne's World too. That was in '93. Uh, and then he did so I air er- so I married an axe murderer. Have you seen that? Love it. Yeah, I I am on the fence. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I could watch it again. And and now that I'm a little more familiar with Mike Myers, because I didn't watch Saturday Night Live, so I wasn't really familiar with all the stuff that he did, and kind of like his crazy zaniness. Right. Um, I was just familiar with Wayne's World, and then I saw So I Married an Axe Murder. Well,
0: like, well, one oh. thing about one thing about this, one thing about what, by Married an Axe Murder, I should say two things. Uh, there's one line in there that I still to this day use that i stole from that movie like uh where uh where uh, he's at the coffee shop and the waitress brings that mug of coffee and it's like the size of a fishbowl and he goes excuse me i ordered a large <laughs> and <laughs> hello and even yeah. this day like when when i go eat, eat at some restaurant they bring me like that plate of nachos that's you know yeah. as big as a freaking trough yeah. yeah i'm always like ah oh, ma'am i'm sorry we ordered a large nacho and the other yeah. thing is the is the dad the dad's uh you know the when he plays the dad is, 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 you know, glimpses of brilliance for things like yeah. Austin Powers and so forth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Cause then he went on, he went on after that. He, uh, he took, he took a hiatus from Stutternet uh, Saturday night live. And then, um, he, he did in 97, he did Austin Powers, um, which was, I mean, I went to see that I was on the ship and we pulled in port. I don't even remember where, uh, and we just went out to the movies and I saw that, and I was, I was in stitches, man. I just that was the funniest shit I've ever seen, right? And of course, ultimately, quotable film. So we were quoting it for months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two years later in '99, he did The Spy Who Shagged Me. Uh, and then in 2002, he did Goal Member. Oh. Um, so of course, everybody knows he played Dr. Evil as well as Fat Bastard in those movies. All that, yeah. Um, he did do, uh, a movie called 54 in 1998 which uh was a non-comedy role uh, where he was uh portraying a guy uh who was the proprietor of uh, that disco nightclub studio 54 in new york mm-hmm. city in the 70s and i didn't see that um, but it was not commercially successful right um but he did get some positive feedback from it but and then the interesting stuff is then in 2000, he was sued by Universal um, for backing out of a contract to make a feature film based on uh, his Saturn L head character, Dieter. <laughs> um, and uh, so he refused uh, to do it because he didn't think the script was any good. Um, and he didn't want to put his name on it, you know, and be, be the guy on screen with a freaking dud. Um, so he ended up counter suing those guys. Uh, and after the lawyers fought it out for a while, they ended up um doing the doing the cat in the hat. That was kind of the compromise. The end of yeah. the, that's how he ended up in the cat and hat, which was like never, never seen it. it. I mean if you like Mike Myers, have you seen it? No. Oh yeah. If you like Mike Myers, it's it's Mike Myers in a cat in a hat suit, basically. Um mm. it, it doesn't hold very true to any of the Dr. Seuss stuff in my mind. I mean, you know, the 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 uh, style and stuff of Dr. Seuss is there in terms of the, the character outfits and stuff, but it was it was more Mike Myers ish, which is he's got an edge to his comedy where of course Dr. Seuss is you know kid stuff that's very soothing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so uh, and then uh, in 2001 he ended up on Shrek, which of course launched him into a whole nother stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just kept doing Shrek stuff for a while. He did Shrek 4D uh, theme park ride. In 2003, I know, right? Yeah. I think it was like a voiceover thing or something. Sure. Uh, and then Shrek 2 came out in 2004. Three years later, Shrek the Third came out. Uh, there was a holiday special called Shrek the Halls. Right. And there's a Halloween one called Scared Shrekless. Uh, and then lastly, uh-huh. it didn't Shrek forever and after. So those, was a, you know, that got kind of like, they stretched that one for all they could get out of it. Um, but he did get a uh, MTV Generation Award in 2007, uh, the second Canadian to win. Could you guess who the other Canadian is that would would have won? For? Uh, For oh. uh, uh, MTV Generation Award. Rick Moranis? No, nope, Jim Carrey. Oh, that makes he, sense. Okay. Didn't even know he was Canadian. So there you go. Yeah. Um. So... After that, he did the Love Guru, which he co-produced and, and co-wrote, which was yeah. a flop. Um, that's
0: that's interesting because, yeah, not to interrupt, but I but I, I I was waiting for you to get to that because you look at like the Austin Powers movies and how they're they kind of you know they they you know his humor even though it it, it it kind of runs the same right it's just kind of mm-hmm. kind of and the Love Guru is kind of more of the same but that mm-hmm. but even though Austin Powers everybody loved it the Love Guru offended so many people i remember how <laughs> everybody hated that movie because they felt it was sexist and racist uh, and, i wonder if oh, that's oh, the oh, time
1: oh, difference but, though right the 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 cultural shift
0: yeah i think he got freaking nailed by the the, the 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 first beginning of the tsunami i think that's exactly what yeah. happened could be yeah, yeah. Because I, I and I've watched The Love Guru, it's terrible. But uh, but I don't I, I didn't hate it for those reasons. I thought whatever Is this Mike Myers. I just thought Mike it was Myers crappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. It's all um, shitty. Yeah. How about this? How
1: about this? In 2009, he played a British general named Ed French in *Inglorious Bastards*. I did know, you know that. that. Yep, I, knew I did. That. I did not know that until I, remember, I did
0: this. I remember him being
1: in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then in 2018, he did uh, a couple of supporting roles in *The Terminal* and *Bohemian Rhapsody*. Um, mm-hmm. And then he basically uh, has, I won't say retired, because he's never said that he's retired. In fact, he said uh, in, in May last year, he's, he gave some kind of a cryptic message um, that Austin Powers 4 was kind of in the works. But, um, you know, again, based on that that tsunami of, of uh, hypersensitive yeah. uh, people's sensibilities, I think that, that might get shelved. Right. Um, but yeah, so he just um, he's he's turned into somewhat of a family man, I think, uh, living in with his with his wife and kids in upstate New York, and uh, he's just on the DL, you know. And that's all. Yeah. Um, from what I read, he just is not interested in in you know getting in the mix of all of that shit because I like, can imagine those guys. It's what a life, man. It's hard, you know. Every place you go, people mob you. Um, and I used to think about this about the rock stars, like, and Jackson Brown even has a song about it, but. Um, you know they they do what they do because they like to do that, but then there's all the other shit that goes with it. It's got to be tedious as hell, man. And mm-hmm. rock stars coming to town, they stay, you know how it sucks going on a road trip. Imagine doing that for a year. Like every couple of days, you drive a thousand miles on a bus, and then you got to get out, and then you got to talk to three or four different radio stations. They all ask you the same shit, you know. And then you got to go sign autographs. And I'm not saying they got you know it's a terrible life or whatever, but I imagine that would get pretty monotonous after a while. Yeah, so I think that's kind of what what he ended up with.
0: Well, similar um, to similar, some, probably to Emilio Estevez, he didn't need it. Yeah, so he yeah and He's like, I'm I, not going to put myself through all that crap, you know. I miss your
1: family, growing up, and all that stuff. So
0: right. Well, that's and also we talked about. <clears throat> we could do another one on on Rick Moranis. Moranis, whatever. Uh, mm. He he disappeared too, and and it was all about family. And, there, and there's more to it than that. I know that. I also right. know that uh, that Mike Myers only because I I have Netflix. He did like the Pentaverate on there. And I watched a little bit of that. It was kind of maybe of a, a little bit of a comeback for him that didn't land. I mm. watched it. I didn't think it was that good. Uh, right. But, uh, and I also know that him and him and Dana Carvey actually knocked heads quite a bit. Did yeah. You? Yeah. And, uh, and they've kind of made up. But I, I understand that Mike Myers is actually kind of difficult to work with. He's, he's somebody that's hard to work with on. on well, stuff. it seems to me like, you know, it's, it would be
1: the same with Jim Carrey. Uh, it seems like they have a very unique kind of very singular focused kind of idea of, of right. what's good, right? What's funny. And because they can do that, like Jim right. Carrey can be that slapstick guy and mm-hmm. he nails it. You can don't even have to give him directions. Take takeoff, dude, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for other people, you know, to try to be in a, in a group and all of that, I think I could see how that could, could really turn into a problem.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's a funny guy in the room. Let's freaking listen to Mike Myers. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, so Uh, my next one was, uh, Michael Bane. So Michael Bane, anybody unfamiliar with Michael, Mr. Bane, uh, I think I'm saying his name, right? Uh, he actually, uh, Bonnier. He actually, huh? Is it (laughs) Bonnier? Just asking,
1: just, you know, just trying to be
0: sensitive. I think it's Bane or Bain. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, uh, if anybody's wondering who Michael is, he's in, he was uh, Kyle Reese in the Terminator movies, and he was also uh, Corporal Hicks in Alien. Uh, and I the reason I, the reason I picked him uh, has more to do with the fact that he was in two of my favorite movies that I just named. And uh-huh. uh, and so it has over 100 acting credits. This is another one of the situations where. He's not gone. He just isn't doing anything that anybody's watching right now. Mm. So you mm. got to start. He's uh, let me see. Where is he right now? He he was born in 56. So he's 67 years old. Mm. Uh, he's, he played Navy SEALs in three different movies. That being uh, The Rock, The Abyss and Navy SEALs, which is another excellent movie. Super popular. Mm. And, uh, and like I said, the the uh mid to late 80s early 90s and then All just, three
1: of those movies were real popular
0: super popular. Now, we didn't start yeah. but but he was uh, he was he, he was, was in it. I mean yeah, is that main character. He he was in Aliens, he was in The Abyss. Uh he did Navy Seals like I mentioned. He did he was uh, uh in Tombstone, he was great in Tombstone. But uh his first uh, major acting credit is he was in Logan the Logan's Run TV series. Logan's Run, what do you know? There you go. Uh the the most interesting thing about him that I can, I can say is clearly he hitched his uh, wagon to the Mm -hmm. James Cameron horse. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was in, again, the Terminator alien, which is probably one of my top three favorite movies. And he was in the abyss also, which is a James Cameron movie. He actually, uh, he was actually approached to, uh, to star in uh, or have a role in uh, Avatar and and he turned it down. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think who knows, but, uh, but I did read one article, uh, one interview with him and, uh, and it was about the Terminator and alien. He, he didn't even really want to do the Terminator because he always kind of considered himself. Uh, uh, he wanted to be like De Niro and wanted to be like Pacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, what really got him interested in acting was taxi driver. So that's kind of the roles he wanted. And okay. of course he was pr- uh, approached by, uh, by, you know, uh, whoever, to star in the Terminator, and uh, he did one—I can't even remember the name of it. He did a movie earlier on that didn't land, but his his agent was like, "This guy's the next big thing," and then I uh, was pro- approached about uh, Terminator. And the only movie that uh, that James Cameron had done was one of the Piranha movies, and he was also told that uh, the movie was going to star star Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was like, "No way, I'm not." Hmm. Piranha Schwarzenegger? <laughs> and uh, and so then he jumped in that movie and, and you know, everything else is, is history. And and during that movie, uh he started to realize that what a workhorse James Cameron was. He even talks about in this article how uh like he would act for like twelve hours uh in LA running around in bare feet, falling and getting hurt, and then uh, James Cameron wanted him to go with uh with him to watch the dailies and, and whatnot and and Michael was like, uh, Michael Bain was like, nope, I'm going to go home and go to bed. You know, okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate your work ethic. And so that's kind of what dragged him into the alien movies, uh, the aliens. And, and, and also in his article, he talks about how awesome uh, uh, Bill Paxton was, who mm. I, I sorely miss. I thought Bill Paxton was mm. just amazing.
1: He was awesome. Yeah, He Bill was Paxton's so good.
0: Awesome. God, it's such a tragedy, his mm. loss. Uh, but mm. uh, everything he was in, I mean, to this day, weird science and and Chet was like, the that that the first time I ever see him and then he stole the he stole the the uh the the uh every time he was on camera in aliens. He was mm-hmm. amazing, you know. Same with true lies when he was a Schwarzenegger in True Lies. Yep. Oh big time. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. True lies. True trying
1: to lies. ask like a twelve year old boy if you know what I mean. <laughs> what a spy pee himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god true lies oh my god that's a movie we probably need to talk about i that is again one of my favorites (laughs) my okay we're digressing because we do that yes we're falling off (laughs) true lies have you ever killed anybody yeah but they were all bad yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and i I tell you what i i kind of can't stand james cameron now uh, yeah. but his early stuff all the way up to titanic i think titanic blew up his ego so much yeah uh, but uh but his earlier stuff man terminator aliens true lies amazing
1: yeah so that's a thing when you and i got to talk about this that we'll we'll make this a podcast at some point okay. uh your 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 uh love for slash fascination with alien because yeah. um i'm just never been a fan so i'll watch it yeah i'll watch it and then we'll we'll talk it over because uh you know maybe i'm missing something but okay
0: yeah i will i i I definitely have my feelings on it so uh but now you want me now i kind of want to do it right this freaking minute but we won't okay because i can i can defend i can definitely uh well okay only because we had the the quick tarantino and i will leave it at this we'll press on okay? okay is uh you know, there was there. there's movies that I watch and I'm thinking, OK, uh, now things have changed. OK. Mm-hmm. And and of course, Alien uh, was a was a the first one was a certain type of movie. It was a horror movie. Right. And, and James Cameron took that, made a sequel that went in a completely different direction. And there and there's there's hits in that movie. There's there's moments in that movie where I'm kind of like, that's perfect. Now, I will tell you. Uh, it, there's things about it that have not aged well. Uh, mm. But uh, but uh, but with that said, uh, I think at the time it was it, it was a, mo- is a movie that kind of blew my mind. So okay. and, and as Doug mentioned this, he also knows that I actually have an alien's tattoo. So mm. so boom. Anyway. All right. So Michael Bayne. But he loved he loved Bill Paxton uh, and and he's, he's gone on to do other stuff. I mean, he is uh, Internet Movie Database shows that he's still acting and so forth. He just he just was very popular in the 80s and uh, 90s and then he's just kind of fallen back into other roles. He did show up in a in a Tarantino movie too. So he was in Grindhouse. Not mm. not, not Tarantino, movie. he was doing Grindhouse. He was in the Robert Rodriguez uh Planetaria. the Rodriguez side of it, yeah. Yeah, so. All right. All right. Well, how
1: about um Natalie Merchant? Oh, wow. From 10,000 Maniacs. Right. Um, I was not a 10,000 Maniacs fan, I can tell you that. Okay. Um, that was, it was a little too, I, at the time, I classified it as pop, but mm. when I look back on it, it was more sophisticated than pop. It really was. I give those guys credit because their music was, it was, it wasn't just, you know, bubblegum stuff. Um, but I didn't, I, I just never, like, yeah, I never kind of got into it. Um, But uh, that was in 1981 when she became the lead singer for 10,000 Maniacs. (laughs) And they did eight albums, which I did not know. And I think that's – musicians have that same thing as as actors, any entertainers, I guess. is like they produce all of this content, you know, and and if they're lucky, one or two things becomes popular. So then if you you look at bands like the Eagles or, you know, uh, Johnny Cash or whatever and have so many hits, you're like, man, how the hell do they do that, you know? But anyway, um <clears throat> so she grew apart from the band. Uh and they 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 ended up going their separate ways in ninety-one. Um uh, she she announced it in ninety one, they stuck around till ninety-three, uh, and then she was replaced by somebody named Mary Ramsey, which who I've never heard of. Um but um apparently she's very uh kind of like we were just talking about a minute ago with Mike Meyer, she's very like I don't want to say pig-headed is a bad way to say it, but she's determined, right? She's really like a headstrong kind of a person. Mm-hmm. And so um, she wasn't real happy with, with the direction the band was going, and she wanted to do her own stuff. So she wrote and produced the album Tiger Lily in 1995, which skyrocketed. I mean, over 5 million copies sold almost instantly. I mean, and just to give you some, are you familiar with that record? Not at all. Tiger Lily? Uh, Just to give you some idea, I own three copies of it. I own it on vinyl, I own it on CD, and then I I have an MP3 of it. And I'm trying to buy it off of, um, uh, what do you call it, Um, the the high premium 180 grain vinyl uh, digitally remastered. I can't remember what it's called. Um, It's a High Fidelity recording of this record. And uh, I went to go onto their website. Mobile Fidelity is what it is. I went to their website to go buy it in vinyl, and they were sold out. And they said, "Oh, coming soon. Put your name on the on the email list, um, and you know we'll we'll email you when it comes available." But last week, I got an email from them saying, "Hey, Tiger Lily's back in stock." And they're like, oh, great! I got that. You know, mid middle of the day when I was at work. By the time I got home, sold out. No I mean, doubt. That that is a magnificent album. I mean, everything about it. She played all of the piano. Uh, obviously she sings and her voice is just awesome. Awesome. It's just, it's like right in the middle of that raspy whiskey kind of girl voice and an opera singer, you know, it's somewhere in the middle of all of that. But, uh, But anyway, so, um, she was going up in the charts big time. Uh, and then only a couple of years later, um, she released another album called Ophelia. And, um, again, another just spectacular record. Um, and uh, it just really gave her some street cred, as they say, you know, for, for being able to actually write and produce very, very good music. Uh, it sold pretty well. Uh, and she had a hit on there called Kind and Generous, uh, which is probably one of her larger, uh, you know, more popular hits. Then she did a few of the things after that. Uh, she did Live in Concert in 99, uh, which was an album she did. And then she did a tour. She, she, she slipped over, slipped, I don't know, whatever, consciously probably chose to go over into uh, more of a folk kind of a, a scene rather than rock, pop, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, she then released the, her next record in, in 2001 called Motherland um, and did a whole year long tour for that. I have that as well. And I didn't think that was as good. It's it, Maybe it's because it's more folky than it is. Uh, her other stuff But um, it was okay I mean still she's got a beautiful voice But I didn't really connect real well with the songs And stuff um, But then she she basically kind of bowed out For a long time From the music world She's made so much freaking money off these three records That she put out on her own uh, And she always wanted to be a teacher So uh, she's gone off And become like a children arts and crafts teacher In homeless shelters in Harlem Um, and she donates all kinds of money to women's and children's causes and stuff. So she's almost like an activist now. Okay. Um, yeah. And then in, uh, in in 2003, she ended up getting married. She turned 40. She had a kid. So all these life changes started happening. Um, and so she married her personal photographer, uh, and had her kid and they live somewhere out in Southern Spain. Um. But she just recently announced that she's got another record coming out. She's done lots of charity work and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but she's got a new record coming out. Um, and I'm really curious to, to, to hear it because, um, you know, it's been, what, 15, 20 years since she put a record out? And right. it doesn't matter who you are. Life changes you in 15 or 20 years, you know? Right. So. It would be curious to see how she what her take on the world is, because she was very like if you listen to her songs on Tiger Lily, they're very direct. I mean, it's like, I don't know, you know, some people like poetry when it becomes like the the, the poet is really like exp- rawly exploring their emotions and stuff. That's kind of what she did on Tiger Lily. And there's no there's no masking of, of things. It's very, very uh, open and stuff. And I, I'm just curious to see how this this next record comes out. Um, but yeah, so that's Natalie Merchant, and you know, I, I probably don't agree with her on the political spectrum and and, and all of that, but uh, I mad respect for her, her uh, piano skills and her and her vocals, just awesome. So I hope this next one's good, and I hope she's successful. Very cool. But yeah, so that's her. Also living in upstate New York. Maybe her and Mike Myers should just hang out together. I don't
0: know. <laughs> now, clearly, you're you're a big fan of Natalie Merchant, though. I, I will, like I said, I was a uh... I'm familiar with 10,000 Maniacs, but I never drilled down into her that much. So you got to check out Tiger Lily. It's a, you really
1: do have to listen to it with a very open mind though, because so much time has passed since, since she wrote it. Like when she wrote it, it was really poignant and it still is if you know the music. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you just try to casually listen to it, it's like, okay, it's throwaway music. But But it really isn't. I mean, if you, if you dig into it a little bit, it's, it's like the lyrical content is just freaking awesome.
0: We talk about how quickly it sold out. It's like Pet Shop Boy. Was it uh, Pet Shop Sounds? But which was that or, you know, that one, uh, you know, sometimes you get you get uh, you get uh, musical artists that that just are like lightning in a bottle kind of thing. You know yeah
1: I, I think that's what Tiger Lily was because it's, it really is like that. Um, if I one of the things that my wife and your wife go out when you and I do the podcast sometimes they go out uh-huh. uh, and I, I've never been to where uh, where Melanie takes us out, but uh, she's telling me, oh there's this record store and these people sell all these these old records. I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna scavenge because you can find old um, high fidelity recordings of the you did some of the earlier versions of that mobile fidelity. Right, Natalie Merchant, and if somebody knows what they have, you can't get that record for under two hundred fifty bucks. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a treasured thing in the in the record collector's world, uh, which is one of the reasons probably Mobile Fidelity is producing you know so few of them because it keeps the value up. but certainly, sure, um, that's definitely okay. So one of the other things I was gonna mention that I didn't talk about with her is she did some duet stuff with um the cowboy junkies. How cool you've heard of them, but, um, yeah,
0: got, I wouldn't know cowboy junkies. I've heard of them. So,
1: yeah, they got a really cool style. It's, I don't know how to even explain it. It's, it's definitely not country music. It's not folk. It's not pop. It's like, it's just some amalgamation of all these things. And it's, it's put together really neat. Uh, right. it's definitely not your average music. Um, but, when she lends her vocals to to their stuff, it is uh, it is magic, man. It is just like I would love to see those guys live because I guarantee you, uh, you get goosebumps, man. There's there's it's, if you're like if you like actually you know like real live music, that's um, crazy. But if yeah, if they ever come around, I'll I'll let you know and and we'll definitely go because the cowboy junkies are still they're still touring and stuff. So, all right, well that's that.
0: I saved uh my what I consider to be my best for last. Uh, so okay. Uh, and, uh, I wanna I'm going to talk a little bit about Bridget Fonda. So, okay. and, and going back off our, uh, Tarantino, she was in, a, in, in, a Jackie Brown. So mm-hmm. Bridget Fonda, daughter of, of, uh, of Jane. No, no. Peter. Peter. Yeah. So, so oh. Peter, so she actually had a had her first acting credit, which is, was uncredited is, uh, she was in uh, easy rider. She, uh, she oh. actually, yeah, just, uh, just, must uh, been like a little kid or something, uh, just a baby so, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, That's so what she, I mean. she was uh uh listed as child in commune uh <laughs> uncredited uh so she's a. Uh, let me think she was born in 1964 so she's 59 years old right now um and uh and so you know and, and what made her so inter- interesting to me or why i wanted to talk about her is just like uh, just like a lot of the other people we're talking about like dudley moore and so forth uh during that time of of the uh of the uh late 80s early 90s she was kind of ubiquitous she was kind of everywhere i mean mm-hmm. uh you know she did uh you know she was in lots of movies she she started kind of uh she she had a bit part in 21 jump street the the the, the tv show but then she was in godfather 3 uh she was in army of the uh, army of dark was an army of darkness uh, was army of darkness the um uh, the uh uh sam Raimi movie yeah army of darkness the the sequel to uh Evil Dead 2. Uh, she did singles. She did single white female. Uh, she uh, she did uh, uh, Kiss of the Dragon, uh, Point of No Return, which is a remake of a French movie uh, that uh, was an action. So she did action. She did all kinds of stuff. Uh, we we talked about her in uh, in Jackie Brown. She was, she was really good in Jackie Brown. She was a great actress. Uh, and uh, her last acting credit was in... Uh, uh, 2002 uh, where she played the snow queen in the movie snow queen shortly after that she had a motor vehicle accident where she injured her back and uh, that's kind of where her acting career ended she's actually married to uh to uh danny elfman uh the uh mm-hmm. the guy from oingo boingo right mm-hmm. who does a lot of uh, who does a lot of uh uh soundtracks right he does a lot of that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. uh, and so all she did was she just kind of uh she just kind of faded away and became like a mom she just that that's what uh, she does
1: now. What a what I mean, what a gig. Because if you could if you can pull that off where you can do something in your youth and, and make enough
0: money to, to to sustain yourself from there forward. What a great job, man. I know. I know. So uh but but I'm gonna put up let me share a screen with you here. This is so this is from last year's, you know, the typical paparazzi uh, caught a picture of her with her kids at a park. Yeah, you know, there she is. Oh Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Oh Jesus. I mean, it's like, like you would never recognize her now, right? Not in a million years. Not in a million years. Right. So, uh, That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) That's all we need to say about that. Right. You would not in a million years. (laughs) years There's no way, dude. That's what it is, man.
1: I don't know that that's true.
0: That's her. That
1: might be a fake photo.
0: It's not. (laughs)
1: Okay. You say so.
0: I know. And so, Yeah. So she just basically is now uh, a mom. She doesn't do any interviews. I look for articles talking to her. She's a mom. That's what she does. She's mm-hmm. a mom.
1: Well, I mean, that's a great That's a great. Yeah. thing to be. There's no, Yeah, you know, I'm not bagging on that at all. I think that's actually more people should do more of that and less of the stupid shit that they do do. But yeah, um, yeah. I just didn't, I, I would never in a million years recognize her.
0: No, no. And it's you know, if, if, the, all the pictures where she's, you know, talking to other moms and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. But it's like I said, I, I I don't know, I don't know. It's something to, to to think about because, you know, she she always she was she's always been she's always been beautiful. Uh, she had mm-hmm. a kind of a unique look, and that and when you say I wouldn't recognize her, I don't even see that unique look. She looks as, like somebody I would see at a grocery store. I wouldn't even think, yeah, yeah that no, oh, yeah. that that woman, even though she's now fifty nine years old, she looks like a fifty nine year old Bridget Fonda. Nope, not at nope. all. Not, Not at all. all. Yeah. So so it's it's a 59-year-old Walmart shopper. Yes, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So but but hey, but I again I think that there was a car accident. You know, she's married, you know. I think the car accident was maybe I'd have to go back and look, but and I'm sure if anybody would like to correct me, please feel free to. I think it might have been involved like maybe like a DUI type thing too, maybe oh, okay. because she's probably doing something she shouldn't have been doing, but she hurt hmm. herself. And, mm-hmm. but, but to me, it's crazy. Like, like a lot of these other actors are talking about, like Emilio Estevez and Michael Bain or whoever, you know, they, they still act. You know, I mean, they're mm-hmm. still involved in Hollywood. She's completely stepped away. I mean, I think her right. last in public, not that was a paparazzi picture I showed oh. you, but her last in public photos with, was with her husband, Danny Elkman on the red carpet, like in 2009. So, right. so she's, she's, she's made a very strong effort to fade away, disappear. Cut out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at her aunt, which is Jane Fonda. Her grandfather was Henry Fonda, but her aunt Jane Fonda continues to act, right? right. Like it continues to to be out there, but she just walked away. So, oh, well, well, good for her. Yeah, I mean, like I said, with all these individuals, I, I guess there, there, you know, there's probably a bit of a, a, uh, I don't know, philosophical question: is how much money do you have to have before you can just? Step Mm -hmm. away now. Again, she's married to Danny Elfman, so yeah, yeah. that guy's still bringing home a paycheck. But you uh, think, yeah, he's got I don't know how
1: many soundtracks under his belt, yeah,
0: yeah, and Oingo Boingo, which, by the way,
1: if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look it up as we're talking. I think he did the soundtrack to Batman with um, uh, Michael Keaton. Yep, he did.
0: He works a lot with uh, what's his
1: name? I don't even even have to look it
0: up. Oh, what's the guy's name? We didn't have to look it up. I knew I was right. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I know, but but who? I have that soundtrack.
1: <laughs> do you really? Tony is typing. I am.
0: And this is going to be it.
1: Useless information coming your way. Stand by. Hold on to that steering wheel. Check that rear view mirror. He works a lot with Tim Burton. That's what I was trying Tim to say. Tim Burton, yes. He works
0: a lot with Tim Burton. So, yes. yes.
1: Cool. Well, there's one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention about Natalie Merchant.
0: Okay. I think you have a hard you have a hard crush
1: on that Natalie Merchant. I don't actually. If you, uh, hold on, I'm see if I can share. A, uh, I'll share a picture of her <laughs> later. She. Uh, yeah. No. Anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> the young Natalie Merchant, maybe, which you know, go back in time and all that stuff. But she wrote a song. She wrote What a song, could have been, Doug? What could have been? Uh, what could have been? Yeah. You never know. Um, but she wrote a song on Tiger Lily that uh, that. It hit me hard. Uh And you know, uh, when you're getting ready to graduate as an undergrad, whatever, you usually have to do a final project and all Uh that stuff. When I was in film school, I based my final project on her song and it's called Beloved Wife. Okay. And and my final project sucked out loud. It was terrible. Um, But in creative endeavors that happen sometimes, I did not get to choose the people that I worked with. Right. And I had a chip on my shoulder about uh, how it was all going. And anyway, so the project itself was very unpleasant to participate in, but I still like the idea. And one of these days I've told myself, I'm going to, I going to redo that project and do it the way I want to do it. But the basic story of beloved wife is there's a, there's an old guy in his seventies and he loses his wife. His wife dies first. And, uh, he was so like, you hear these stories, right? That, Uh, The husband or the wife dies and then the next one passes away months later or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this guy was so attached to his wife that instead of waiting for that to happen, he killed himself. And um, it's what the song is talking about. And it's like you I I have the right to do this because now you're gone. I don't have anybody else to to kind of uh, live up to expectations for the rest of the world and kiss my ass basically. Um, and I thought that was a cool concept because it's not something that you hear about or, or, or talk about much. so um, again, I wrote an awesome script, not really. Um, I had a free actor or free actresses, a free actor and actress um, and a terrible crew to work with. so um, yeah, a bunch of students and shit. so it didn't come out very good. I'll show it to you one day. Uh, yeah. it did not it did not come out very good but uh, I still like the idea. I, I would like to revisit that. anyway yeah so that's
0: i think honestly i think we we need to move in that direction anyway we need to start making films so oh jesus christ yeah it ain't gonna happen not gonna happen Uh, You freaking uh, don't never say never bro i'm saying
1: never with a capital (laughs) n anyway we can make youtube videos that's what we can make yeah that's what i'm talking about i don't want to make i don't want actually make a film film oh yeah i'm gonna share with you remind me you know what let's do this Okay. Okay. Yeah. This could be, and it could be, I'm saying could, could be another podcast. I have another script that I wrote about, uh, about an alien landing on our planet. Uh Um, And I I want you to read that. I got to dig it up. I got to find it. Uh, But I want you to read that because I think you, I think you'll like it. Cool. You could riff on it a little and we could actually make it better. Probably.
0: We could, we we still need to go back and revisit the, uh, the, the uh, Grover thing. Yes. Yeah. Did we talk about that on this podcast? We we, I think we brought it up once, but we didn't get we didn't drill down into it at all. No. Okay, yeah. Okay, we'll dig that up. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's 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 end it there. This has been another episode of us talking about random bullshit for <laughs> freaking about an hour. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, tolerated it at least. Yeah. Just
0: uh, we'll pay for
1: the aspirin if it gave you a headache. So yeah, you yeah. bet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. You have a great day. See ya. This has been an Analog Spectrum production and presentation. As always, it means a ton to both me and Doug that you took time to listen to our show. We enjoy making these things, but we get a massive kick out of knowing we have a few friends hearing what we have to say. This is about the fourth outro I've done, so let's keep it short. Please subscribe, share, and if you like what you're hearing, give us a top-notch five-star review. Finally, feel free to email us, Facebook message us, or tweet at us. We love feedback and criticism, as long as it's constructive. And we're always interested in new show ideas. Well, that's all I have for now. The shows will keep coming. I promise you that. Thanks again for hanging out with me and all of us at Analog Spectrum. We'll see you again soon.